So what are we talking about today, dude? I don't know. I didn't prepare at all, man. All right. (laughs) It's going to be all off the cuff. All right. That's not bad. Let's do this thing. All right. All right. Let's do it. I'm Romney Navarro, and this is Firestarters, a streamlined funding podcast where entrepreneurs share their stories, passions, and the formulas fueling their success. Each week, we talk to extraordinary people about what they do, why they do it, how they make a difference, and how they inspire the people around them. Now, it's time to bring the heat. pains me to say it, but today is the last episode of a three-part series on unlocking the vault. We talked about transparency, we talked about communication, and today, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to jump right in and talk about performance, the granddaddy of them all. I hope you guys enjoy it, stick around, and I look forward to it. Successful investors use leverage to get the most from their investments. Streamline Funding provides project financing for home builders and entrepreneurs all across the state of Texas. Visit StreamlineFunding.com or give us a call at 512-250-8575 and speak with a Streamline representative today. We have infinite funding, resources, and expertise to help you grow your business. Right, everybody. Here we are again. Yet again. Again. With Unlock the Vault, Volume 3. Unlock the Vault. What does that mean? That means access all the capital you need to uh, capitalize or to fund your investment projects. All right. So that's what I'm talking about. Unlock the Vault. Sean, do you have another way of saying that? No, no. That was quite eloquent. Was it really? No. No, it was pretty bad. That was a crash landing, but... It, but it was straightforward. Yeah, it's so. exactly that, though. Unlock the vault. Here's the code. Go out there, get it, and here's all the cash you need for your projects. That's right. And we've been doing this now for, I think, the last two weeks. Uh, I think it's taken us about two weeks to record these, but here we are with the third episode of Unlock the Vault, yep. uh, the streamline funding version of Unlocking the Vault. Well, those folks that are tuning in right now have unlocked the vault to the greatest podcast content around. So lucky you if you're listening to us today because we've got a gold mine for you. That is fantastic. That is fantastic. All right, ladies and gentlemen, I'm Romney Navarro. I'm your host of the Firestarters podcast. I am the chief lending officer at Streamline Funding. I've been doing this for a long time. I've made a bunch of mistakes. (laughs) A bunch of them, good, bad, and otherwise. That's how you learn. Yeah. I mean, it really is. It's kind of get out of your comfort zone, kind of go out there into the wilderness and learn. And um, we decided to bring this podcast to the air because we did have a bunch of expertise, a bunch of stuff that we'd learned that we felt that a lot of our listeners would be interested in, specifically as it relates to raising capital, specifically today. Um, with me, of course, uh, kind of a newer fixture to the show, certainly a newer voice, certainly not a newer face because he's always in here, uh, Sean Harris. Hey, hey. Welcome, dude. Thank you. Thank you for not having a whiskey with me as we record this today. Yeah, I'm, I'm taking a little break. I, got, I just got too much to do, man. It's a girlish figure is what it is. Yeah, yeah. I'm trying to get back down to my, my bikini body. It's that the time of year, coming too. Up. Yeah, that's yeah, right. Yeah. I can't wait, man. I can't so. wait for the sun to start shining. It seems like everything moves a little better when that when that happens. Yeah. Well, we've got we've got the time change. Yeah, today. So, yeah. Right around the corner. So yeah. all good things. So guys, 
you're tuned into the Firestarters podcast. As I mentioned, this is a streamlined funding podcast. Firestarters is the podcast that we created to give you guys good content and kind of help you, you know, get some tips and pointers to grow your business, either as an entrepreneur, as an investor, as a flipper, whatever you may be. Streamline Funding is a private lending company in Austin, Texas, specializing in doing loans all over the state of Texas. We've been doing loans since 2001. And as I mentioned, kind of jokingly a minute ago, we have messed it up every which way possible. Straight up. But not anymore. No, no, it's getting better. The the mess, that scale. We're talking is, 15 years ago. Yeah, we well, we made some mistakes pre-recession like nobody's business. Yeah. Um, but obviously, every single one of those mistakes was a learning curve. And... Um, and as a result, I think we're in the upper echelon of those people that are putting loans out on the street. Yeah, and we're still here to talk about it. So that says something, Amen. right? Amen. Yeah. yeah, as a result, I'll tell you this, and we're going to be here to talk about it. That's right. You know, so somebody told me, a, a very wise man told me the other day, he's like, you know, your clients want to know that you're going to be around after the next crash. Mm-hmm. And it's like, hallelujah, because yeah. that's what we are planning for. We don't, not planning like we're just going to sleep, wishing that we're going to be here at post-recession, next, next crash. Mm-hmm. We are gearing our business up for this next crash. Mm-hmm. Okay, so we're, we're changing some things, giving our clients a little bit more to, to kind of grow with as we speak, but taking de-risking ourselves to make sure that we're still around. And I believe, frankly, the people that are gonna be around, my clients, the borrowers, the investors, the developers, I hope they appreciate that because odds are they wanna be around too. Yeah, and I mean, the fact is that we already made it through the last recession and housing downturn. And we're going to be even that much more equipped for the next one because we did learn those hard lessons. Yep. So Sean, as I, as I, you know, chug this down, of course. Yeah. Um, let's tell them a little bit about what you do. I mentioned, you know, my role where I'm, I'm on the lending side of the house. Mm-hmm. We, um, we're talking about unlocking the vault, you know, the, the different ways that you can access unlimited capital. And in this particular case, we're talking about the three ways that you would access capital and kind of the, the main ways and mm-hmm. or the main things you need, if you will. And that's always going to be transparency, which yep. we had a great episode on, which Absolutely. is basically the concept of just showing them everything you've got. Yeah. And then we talked about communication and that's when we said, Hey, let's get Sean on the show because he is our chief communicator. Worst episode ever. It was. It, <laughs> if you look at our podcast numbers, it absolutely is. Yeah. No, I'm just kidding. That was a great episode, <laughs> but straight up, man, tell them what you do and why you do it. And frankly, what communications means to, you know, kind of growing an investor audience and keeping them engaged. Yeah. So as for me, I do a lot of the communications here uh, around the office for streamlined funding and for noble capital. Yep. And that includes marketing, investor relations, public relations, and everything sort of within that sphere. Uh, I also do the noble capital radio hour, which Romney, you are an alum of the Noble Capital Radio Hour. Thank you. We, That's what I'm going to start using on my LinkedIn. We, we miss you terribly. Oh. Not really. But. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, last time we talked about some different forms of communication from verbal to, to nonverbal and everything in between. And the times when it is appropriate to communicate to your investors. 
And I, I actually learned a lot from that episode sure. because I don't think I, I don't have quite as good of a handle on it as you do actually being on the lending side of the business. So it was really instructive for me as well. Yeah, that was great. When we started talking about, so you came in with your talking points and we were, we started talking about how to communicate yeah. verbal, nonverbal, however it may have been. And then we started talking about when to communicate. Yep. So that was a really strong episode, guys. If you're listening and you want to talk, learn about when to communicate that the second episode of the unlock the vault series. Um, that's where you would learn how to communicate and when to communicate. But we're talking about when you have an opportunity, we're talking about, you know, monthly progress, just cause at exit. That is the secret sauce right there. So if I didn't Mm -hmm. expand on that, maybe that's something we talk about in an entire episode. But when, when you are coming up on an exit, like I am about to pay you off, Mm -hmm. which is a perfect segue into today's show. I'm about to give you all that money that you gave me back with a gigantic return. Mm -hmm. Boy, it's just like... Get ready because they're going to give you so much money. You don't know what to do with. And when you do make that payoff, what does it show you are capable of? Performing. That's right. The the third part of this series. So guys, we talked about transparency. We talked about communicating. And today we're talking about performing. So we say that there are three things that every successful fundraiser or person who is trying to attract capital is going to require. As I've mentioned, it's transparency. As I've mentioned, it's communications and what we're talking about today, it's performance. This podcast, I feel like we're maybe even adding a little bit of time to it, kind of filler. This podcast could be real short today because performance is real simple. You either do or you don't. Yeah. There, there is no try. No, no, I'm going to, oh yeah, that is the worst. There is only do. There is no try. Absolutely. It is either yes or no, black and white. There's nothing in between. The in-between is just as bad as a no. I mean, trying is just a euphemism for failing in the investment business. (laughs) It really, it really is. Quote that one. Yeah. Mark the tape. Yeah. (laughs) Mark the tape. That is absolutely the truth. We'll push that one out on social media because it really is the truth. Every time I've tried, I've never gotten another penny back. How about that? Right. Every time I try. That's right. It's only when I succeed. Yeah, so, absolutely. Guys, we're talking about performance. There was something I said last week when we when we um, recorded our performance, excuse me, our communication episode. And this was important because this one could have been a good segue into today and frankly, content that we could have used today. But I'm going to expand on it a little bit. And I'm talking about the power of the the, the performance in by, by way of like closing and, and doing what you say you're going to do. So mm-hmm. we started this business back in 2001. I actually didn't. It was my business partner today, Jaden Newman, who started Streamline Funding, you know, the, now owned by Noble Capital, another firm that we own, a private equity firm. And it started in 2001 as a little fix and flip shop. We were, you know, doing loans on the east side of town of Austin here. Um, about 2008, I joined Jaden. We started doing some commercial multifamily deals in Austin, moved kind of up 35 into Waco, into Dallas, moved down 35 into San Antonio, later on kind of went this way, I believe that's I-10, uh, over to Houston. And uh, we- You know, the people listening to the podcast can't see your hand motions. This so. doesn't mean anything? No. <laughs> yeah, this, yeah, yeah, hand motion up. Yeah. <laughs> kind of like a swimming motion up. Yeah. So we, we went west. No, we went southeast to Houston. So we went and conquered, you know, loosely all these markets. If nothing else, we went and kind of set the market on the products that, that you know, the investment community started, you know, digging. Yeah. And, um, and we had a lot of success. I mean, we did a lot of loans, a lot of great things. But as I mentioned, we started just kind of doing a little fix and flip loan here. I could assure you, and, and maybe this isn't a 100%, assur- you know, surety. I can't say it with all the certainty in the world, but I could tell you this. If we wouldn't have succeeded on that first project, odds of the odds of us doing a second project would have been slim to potentially none. Yeah. So if we would have failed on the second project, 
the odds of us doing a third would have been slim to potentially none. Anyway, that obviously multiplied. We started doing deals in different states. You know, we had a portfolio of a couple million dollars. Today we manage 180 something million dollars. It's grown. It's grown exponentially. Yeah. And again, that doesn't happen if you don't perform. You have to perform to hit those numbers. But here was here's a part that I wanted to expand on. At about in about 2010, kind of exiting the recession, raising capital was harder than ever before. Yeah. I'll tell you what, guys, if you're listening and you tried to raise a one penny in 2008, 9, and 10, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, not only that, you couldn't even get a, a car loan from a bank or a home loan or anything, yeah. let alone an investment loan. Yeah, let's go you know? raise a million dollars for yeah. a speculative project in Waco. Yeah, yeah any type luck. of speculative project. Yeah, no, not so happening. It was, it was just brutal. It was brutal. The credit markets were frozen, man. And we, we had a little bit of luck. We raised a little bit. We kind of inched our way back into the marketplace. Boom, boom, boom. All of a sudden, 2010, we said, we're going to do this again. We're going to go full throttle. We were able to raise our first dollar, you know, kind of t- pointed at this thing. And um, that's kind of when it all started. That's when, when the, the exponential growth started. I said we had a, a portfolio of a few million dollars. I call it eight mil. Mm-hmm. Today, we're at about a buck, 180 mil. Mm-hmm. That's how much money we manage, ladies and gentlemen. That's how much money we have in investment loans, fix and flip loans, landlord loans, new construction kind of spec loans larger community developments, building 20 and 30 houses. We have all kinds of capital spread over the state and we're continuing to raise. Well, in the beginning, it was hard to raise money. And we realized this is hard. So we just need a bunch of new bodies. I need to take more shots. That was the way that we were raising money. Put me in front of 10 people. One, you know, one of them will say yes. Put me in front of 20. Two will say yes. Put me in front of 100. I've got 10 investors. It's like the shotgun approach. A little really bit, is. man. That was that was a startup for sure. Yeah. Um, quickly, we grew out of the startup. And again, I'm making a point here, I promise. The most important thing, probably one of the most critical moments in the company's history was when the very first loan paid off. I'll never forget it was called Bastone. Bastone Loop in Circle C in Austin. If you live on Bastone Loop, I'm sorry, probably finance that loan. That means you're living nearby an investment property. Mm-hmm. Anyway, Bastone Loop, great, great little house, Circle C. And uh, I remember the investor, you know, put in a couple hundred thousand dollars. We managed the money for him. We collected the payments. We did all these things. The borrower uh, serviced the loan, made his payments, paid us a couple of points. We, you know, we, we paid our bills. Mm-hmm. And uh, as soon as the borrower called me and said, hey, I'm going to pay you off. I'm like, hey, great. Here it goes. We took control of the money. Boop. We received the payoff. And then we called the investor. And it's like, hey, you know, let's just say, you know, D is his name. D, here is, um, here's your 200 grand back. He's like, tell you what, what can you do with 500 grand? And it was, we didn't know guys. And we literally didn't know that this was going to happen. We're like me and my buddy, Chris, my partner, Chris, look at each other. It's like, what are we going to do with this 500 grand? Well, let's do some more loans. That's what we're going to do. So we went out and did some more loans. Anyway, the next one paid off and investor X said, we told him, here's your hundred grand. He's like, how about you try 200 grand? All I'm getting to here is the power of the exit. The power of a successful exit just opens up the wallet. Yeah. It just opens it up. Yeah. It's, it's proof. It's proof right there. Yeah. I mean, you know, again, I think I said last time, one of the things that's completely eliminated when you, when you exit the loan is risk, the, the investor's risk, your own risk as a, as an operator or maybe as a lender, um, it's completely gone. Yep. So that, that is just, uh, that says volumes about your character and about your capacity to get a project done. Yeah, when we talked a little bit about transparency on the first part of this 
episode or the series, we talked a little bit about character. We talked about what we call the five C's. Okay, so mm-hmm. the five C's, in case you don't remember, and I'll just kind of keep them simple, is collateral. We all know that as the property, the underlying property. Cash, how much money are we putting up? Credit, okay? Credentials, what experience is a person that's going to run this thing have? And, of course, character. And I, and I made a comment. If I didn't make it on the air, I'm sure I've made it in a bunch of presentations. But listen, nobody, nobody likes to do deals or business with somebody they don't like. So character is multi-layered, multifaceted. First, it's kind of like that handshake, hopefully that lightning bolt that happens on that first handshake. If you don't get it, you still have a chance of doing business. But sometimes you just shake that hand. It's like, ugh, Mm. next, right? Yeah, And then, of course- you, you followed through. It's kind of like the first time I shook your hand. I was kind of like, ah, it's like a wet noodle, this guy. I don't know if I want to work here. It's that, the, those are different days. Those are different days. We were, we were launching uh, a new product, no, I'm pretty I'm sure. Just, I'm just kidding. Damn. Here we are talking about, about that. If, if I only share with you some of Sean's uh, quirks. Oh, man. That could be a whole series of episodes pretty in and sure. of itself. So we'll have to plan that one out. Hey, seriously though, man, character, it's everything. So if yeah. you can't, if you can't get past the either likability trust factor, which is the, the, what lines the kind of character bucket there, there's no deal. So, yeah. well, and, and I would say that I don't even necessarily have to like a person in order to trust them, but liking that person helps a lot. Yeah. I, you know, Maybe it's because we're a little bit older now. I mean, these are these are gray hairs on the side of my head. Yeah. Um, maybe it's because we've had a lot of at-bats, uh, meaning we've done this a whole lot of times. You know, maybe it's because we've even experienced a little success. Not not saying that in a, like, you know, not trying to be a dick or anything. Maybe it's because we've had a little bit of success. Yeah. But um, I don't do business with people I don't like. Yeah. I, I just don't. It's, life is too short, man. Yeah. Um, I've... I had a client, guys. I've I've had something to the tune of two thousand deals. I don't know. Um, and some people like me, some people don't. Luckily, the majority of the people like you know the enterprise that we've built, and they're you know they're very happy. But obviously, not you're not going to get a five star on Yelp by from every single person that enters your restaurant, right? Somebody's right. going to drop you that that one star bomb. Mm-hmm. This the, guy didn't drop Instagram food critics <laughs> pretty much, you know, there, there's a silver lining to the story and I'll just make it real quick. But this guy, um, something happened and I don't remember what it was. I believe, okay. He, he, he did something to the asset that, that hurt the value. And we were trying to work through it by hurt the value. Meaning he told us he was going to, let's just say add on to it. And then when we went out to the property, he might've torn it down. So he's going to have to completely rebuild the entire property at like $60 a square foot or something like that. It was tough. This guy was a winner though. So he came back around. He basically, he went and and made it work. This was a number of years ago, but he sent us our pay, the payment. You know what it said? He said on the payment, you know, payment payable to streamline funding or noble capital, whatever payment amount X. And then the memo (laughs) in the memo, it said F you. So I, you know, I guess he doesn't like, he didn't like us. And, and I laugh about this because we've reconciled that. I mean, we work hard to reconcile that. We, we actually do something internally called a net promoter score where we ask mm-hmm. people, how do we do? And anytime anybody gives us uh, anything less than excellent, we follow up. What the hell did we do wrong and what can yeah. we improve? So that wasn't the days of the net promoter score, but it was the days of like, we got, there was a flag and we called that flag. And he's like, I was just frustrated because of a million things. Long story short, he came around, finished the project, made a bunch of money. He's still a client. So mm-hmm. for a little while, he didn't like us. You know, we obviously had a, we were like 
the hell is this? You know, when he sent us that, but we ended up liking him back and we're good. It was probably just your magnetic personality that brought him back around. <laughs> sure. It was like, man, I really miss Romney. I... <laughs> or the fact that we gave him a million dollar line. Yeah. One of those two. Yeah, for sure. But no, guy's killing it now. But it was funny that he dropped an F-bomb on a check. Mm-hmm. I should, I should, <laughs> I should frame that here somewhere. Yeah, you should. I should. That with my first dollar. You remember those? You'd walk into somebody's office like, the yeah. first dollar I ever earned. This is my first fuck you check. <laughs> <laughs> The second ever F-bomb. Yeah. I love it. Well, guys, we're, we're talking again about performance. And all I'm coming back around to is, you know, performance. Um, went, once you perform, it doesn't build your credibility. It doesn't build your trust, but it solidifies it. So as I was mentioning, when we grew our business, about 2010 to about 2014, I don't know the exact number, but I could tell you that something to the tune of 70% of every penny that we raised from 2010 to 2014 was just a re-up. So you, they gave me a hundred grand, go figure out something with a hundred grand, essentially let me dip my toe. Mm-hmm. And then we perform, give them back their money. They're like, here's 300. So about 70% of our cash that we raised from 2010 to 2014 came by way of re-ups. So if I tell, you know, when I say that performance is important, it is important. And depending on where you're at in your business, it might be the most important thing. Yeah. And the other side of that coin is not just the the operator has to perform but as a lender we have to know how to pick performers absolutely and for us again that is the the people that we lend to that that come back Mm -hmm. you know they come back to us and like well yes we'll give you a loan if if we like the deal because we know you can complete it and and you know make some money and be successful on on this project so for us it's it's really about having that criteria and and knowing who to pick and if this is the first episode in the unlock the vault series that you're listening to go back and listen to the first one because yeah. we talk about those criteria that we we look we at look every yeah that we look for every time somebody brings us a deal sure and I'll, I'll say this so we're we're talking a little bit about how we do business but it it basically it just rolls right into how you should be doing business so if you're listening and you're like what the hell are these guys talking about these guys are lenders raising money you're you're an investor you're a developer you're a builder you're a flipper you're whatever you are mm-hmm. you know even if you're just a business builder that has nothing to do with real estate you want to raise capital this is these are these are tips and you know, things that you could use towards raising capital. But that said, one thing we don't often talk about, so maybe giving you a couple of, you know, real tips here. One thing we don't talk about when we talk about performance is, you know, what does that mean exactly? And you know what it means? It's like, if I tell you in that first initial handshake, and then when we get to terms, like we're about to ink a deal, you're about to give me a check. I'm saying I need $100,000 for investment X. Your $100,000 is going to turn into $108,000 at the end of 12 months. It's going to turn into $108,000 by way of X, Y, and Z. In my case, by way of collecting payments, sending them to you on a monthly basis, and then getting paid off in 365 days. That's right. In your case as an investor is by by way of putting the money into an escrow account, me using it for construction draws, for argument's sake. I mean, that's this is just a weird, wild example. Hmm. Using them for construction, once we sell the property, we pay off our lender, we pay you off, then we split the profits, and that profit is going to result in a 22% return on investment. Mm-hmm. Um Pro tip, don't offer 22% return on investments every day. That's a, that's a, yeah. those days are gone. I no, mean, you could still make sure. it, but you're freaking people out if you're saying big numbers like that right now. Yeah. So with that, 
you're out there raising money, the very first thing you do, you got to give them, you got to give them the goods, show them what the investment looks like, show them the pro forma, show them how the investment works essentially. Okay. So first thing you do when you're talking about performance is you got to show up with the pro forma, then you ink the deal. Okay. Ink the deal, grab the cash, go to work. When you go to work, now the deal is essentially done. You've gotten them to invest. Yeah, and I just want to say that that the basis that your performance is going to be judged on is right there on on the paper. On Correct. that deal, you're going to sign. So you know what you're agreeing to. The lender knows what you're agreeing to. That is your contract. Oh, yeah. You know, and, and that is your word. So your performance is going to be judged based on that. You've got to, exactly, guys, you got to clear that hurdle. If you don't clear that hurdle, it's going to be like if you just ran into the hurdle. And by by the way, Sometimes, depending on how you structure it, you may not be obligated by law to have hit that hurdle, but you're never going to get another penny back if you miss it. Right. Okay. So you have to clear the hurdle. So when I say don't promise the 22, it's because people don't produce 22. If you're producing 22% returns, you need to be somewhere else. You're probably not listening to this podcast. And maybe explain for some of the people out there what you mean by clearing that hurdle. All right. So if I tell somebody, if I, somebody walks into my office, yesterday we had one of my clients who owns a burger joint here in town come in and he moved part of his investment into a fund of ours. We have a number of funds that we use. He moved something to the tune of $1.7 million into a fund. Mm. And we were looking at the deal and it was like, okay, 1.7, we could get you a seven and, you know, call it a 7.5% return over the course of a year. Your money's always going to be working. You're going to get monthly distributions. Uh, in his case, he actually chose to keep the returns inside of the fund to get a, a compound, compound effect, essentially. Yeah. Um, so it's a growth fund. Anyway, threw it in there. Boop, we gave him a seven and a half. If I were to deliver a six and a quarter by the end of this year, that dude's gone. Yeah. Okay. So the hurdle is what I told him. So when I tell you guys it, up front, when you're giving a pro forma or giving some type of packet, some type of contract or some type of look at the deal, how the investment works, you want to set that hurdle to a manageable expectation. Because the thing is, at the very end, when you do deliver your returns or however you deliver your returns, if you miss it, you may as well count that money gone. You know what I mean? It's, it's gone. Yeah. Um, if you hit it, now you've got another at bat. And, and frankly, it's kind of like going up to bat after you hit a home run. You feel like you're going to hit another one. So odds are you're going you're gonna to make contact. So if I tell my investor, here's 100 grand, I told you exactly what I was going to do. And, I, and you know, I didn't, you're not going to be such a you know, jerk about it. Like, I told you I was going to do it. It's like, thank you for the investment. I hope you're pleased with your returns. They're going to be like, am I? Here's 200 grand. And have you let me introduce you to Sally. You know, yeah. that's going to happen. So when I talk about, you know, my business is a little different than your business, but you're raising money for your projects. Um, I mentioned this in the last one. I didn't mention it in the first one. Just getting to know me, getting to know Sean, getting to know my team, you know, Chris Mariquin, a lot of you guys know. Aiden Mosier, a lot of you guys know. Melanie Guest, uh, Zach Gormley, Holly Morris. We got a, we got a strong team. Yeah. Just knowing us, you've unlocked 80 to 90% of the capital you need. Yeah, because those folks are really uh, will really work with you. Yeah. You know, they want to make the deal work just like you want to make the deal work. And, you know, again, going back to communication, you really just have to, to communicate and be transparent. And, uh, you know, these, these folks will often give you the opportunity if you can prove what you have, that you have what it takes mm -hmm. and that you have the right deal, mm -hmm. you know. So, yeah, just communicate it. Yeah, guys, listen, here's what we're looking for. We're looking for a strong operator, somebody who knows what the hell they're doing. We're looking for a little bit of skin in the game, somebody that's saying, look, I'm willing to put this money up so that you can see that I'm not going anywhere. Right. Okay. And frankly, we're looking for 
quote unquote, that likability. If we don't have that relationship, it's, it's probably not going to work. Might be a onesie twosie, but that's it. So we're looking for a great operator. Okay. So prove it to me that you know how to do this. And we're looking for a little skin in the game. So when I say that getting to know us, you've already unlocked 80 to 90%. It means, guess what? You call Chris Merriquin. He's going to be like, you know what? I like your deal so much. Boom. Here's 90% of all the money you need. Mm-hmm. So you need to figure out where to get that 10%. And again, that that's just for a first-time borrower. Mm, but true. for somebody who's borrowed from us before, you also have that performance credential if you were able to <laughs> Badge. yeah, to successfully execute your first or second or yeah. third project for us. Well, and, and I'm coming at it from a different perspective, but you're right. At the product level, we will we'll make some concessions and give you some, you know, some some perks, if you will, for being a client. But I'm talking about at the at the very kind of at the theor- theoretical level, you already raise ninety percent of the money you need for your project. You have a two hundred thousand dollar house that has a three hundred or two hundred thousand dollar lot that has a three hundred thousand dollar budget. Boom! I'll give you four hundred and fifty thousand dollars if you if you're a good operator and I believe in what you can build. Where's the fifty grand coming from? Hopefully, it's coming from your bank account. We love that. If not, it's coming from your neighbor's bank account. Those are good too. If not, it's coming from the landowner. Wherever it's coming from, you have to figure it out. But if you're going to raise private capital, you have to perform, Mm -hmm. period. Because if you're going to raise private capital and you don't perform, you're never going to raise private capital again. People are going to be coming after you. Eventually, you'll make the news. Yeah, just Google it. Remember the Ponzi schemes and all that. It's it's just the reality of the situation. I don't think we've fortunately, knock on wood, never had that. Yeah. But a lot of people, though, are a little timid when it comes to raising private capital and don't necessarily take that you know, that, that leap because it's like, and, and I think that's fair. I mean, some people there's, there's a levels of risk and that's partially because they don't understand it yeah. or understand how it works. Yeah. I, I agree, man. And I, and listen, there's, there's different strokes for different folks. However you want to grow your business. If you want to grow your business, uh, generally speaking, one of the rules to growing your business is finance. Um, finance is debt. Finance is equity. I'm your debt guy. We're talking about your equity guys. So these are these are the tips, guys. I think we're gonna we're gonna start landing this because at the end of the day, um, you don't need a whole lot more tips. What you really need to do is kind of start taking a shot, sharpening your pencil a little bit, putting numbers on paper, and taking um, and getting a look at basically getting in front of your investors and asking them, "Are you interested in doing this project?" Yeah. What I didn't talk about too much, however, is this part. It's the reporting. So with performance. Um, the only other thing that is important there is reporting. So yeah, I was going to say, I mean, is there any way to show performance before you actually get that loan paid off? What? I mean, you know, you, 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 certainly a lender is not just going to give you money and then be like, okay, I'll see you in nine months or yeah. a year or whatever. So what does that look like? Yeah. Nice shirt, buddy. Here's a million dollars. Yeah. Yeah. No, there's two ways. Uh, and by, great. Thank you for picking this up. I know we're running out of daylight a little bit, but this is really important. Man, in fact, we might want to mark the clock on this one to tell people to turn back to this one. There are two ways to show performance up front and, and or during. First off is before I ask you for a loan, before I ask you for an investment, I need to show you where I'm coming from. Mm-hmm. Like here is how I've done historically, candidly, sir. Okay. The best way to do that. Uh, pro tip. Give them audited financials. Don't give them some half-baked shit that you have in your QuickBooks account. Give them audited financials, audited by some, you know, any CPA firm will do, but you go, the bigger, the better. The bigger, the more realistic it is. Audited financials, this is what I've done. Look at, look, take a look at my last three projects. This is how I've done. Great. Now, all of a sudden, you set kind of the, you take the edge off. You kind of disarm them a little bit with like, well, this is speculative. This is this. Like, no, I've already done this. So before you ask for the money, how do you report? 
You show them what you've done. If Report you, on your performance. So if you've actually done it before, is it still speculative construction? Absolutely it is. <laughs> Absolutely. It's, it's, it's you're not taking some of the speculation deal. out of it? Nope. Every <laughs> single deal, it's, you're, you're in the octagon again. Fair man. enough. Every single deal. Yeah. The next way is ongoing reporting. We talked a little bit about communication last time, when to communicate, how to communicate. But you got to tell them where the project stands at all times. Because the worst thing, and again, this is more communication than performance, but it is the, it's the warm blanket over performance, mm-hmm. honestly. And, and what's the cadence for something like that? Uh, everybody's going to be a little different. You need to live at least in, in the world of once a month, mm-hmm. some, some level of communication, uh, be it a paper statement, a, you know, I don't think you need to get as, I don't know. I, I, a paper statement is probably what you want to do. Put put a PDF in their inbox. Mm-hmm. Um, but what I'm saying about that, it's like I told you I would be at X and I am at, you know, X plus this or X minus this. You tell them where things are going and you keep pointing uh, at the potential exit. That's a little bit of a dangerous slope. If you tell them I'm going to be out of here by June and you miss it, then, you know, shame on you. But I'm anticipating this and this and this to occur based on where I'm at today. And if you keep giving them that, it, at the very least, it's information that keeps them satisfied and keeps them informed. There's nothing worse than an uninformed investor. That is worse. That is possibly worse. Maybe, maybe, maybe I'm over. Yeah, maybe I'm. <laughs> I'm going off the deep end here. But an uninformed investor could potentially be worse than an investor that didn't get what they were expecting in terms of performance, mm-hmm. because they're left in the dark and they are freaking out. Absolutely. Freaking out. And, you know, from from my perspective, the investor communication is extremely important, you know, even if things, you know, maybe don't go exactly how we expected them to or whatever. We still got to let them know. Yeah. You know, we can't just, you know, keep our mouth shut and and hope they don't notice. Hey, why didn't I get my (laughs) check? And it's like crickets. Do you have a cricket? Yeah. Yeah. Why didn't I get my check this month? Crickets. No. You have to, you have to, you have to talk to them. So got to. if I were to break it down into the top four things you need to do in the performance category, I would say report, 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 and perform. Mm-hmm. That's what it's all and about. Get her done. Yeah. Top five things. Get her done. <laughs> get her done. 1998. It's, so, that's an original quote, by the way. <laughs> so for those of you who haven't heard it out there, I made that up. Yeah. This is, this show is recorded in 1994. <laughs> yeah. So, Hey guys. This is this is all I think we've got to talk about today. We don't need to go much further, but I can't wait to do the next one. I think that covered it all. Yeah, yeah that this was good. Is, this is really important that we we do this the right way, though. I hope you got something out of it. You know, a little entertainment, a little education, a little bit. I don't know, whatever you wanted to get out of it. Inspiration. I don't know. Go out there and let's do some things. Call us. Let's maybe even do some deals together. We want to do it. If you call us, maybe we'll even keep Sean around. If not. He's gone. They they just parade me out every <laughs> once in a while. And they're like, look, he exists. Here he and is. Go back into your hole. <laughs> the cage. <laughs> so no, guys, this has been fun. Um, not only has it been fun, though, it's been really an honor to kind of just educate with uh, myself because typically we do have guests on the show talking about their superpowers and what they're trying to promote. Um, this is what we do. We lend money and we raise money. And some of these things that we've done and learned and the mistakes that we've made, I'll gladly share with you guys. And I, and I hope you enjoyed this. This is the last of the three-part series. I can't wait to figure out what the next series is going to be because I do think there is good content coming through the airwaves here. And um, based on the reaction we've gotten from you guys, I think we're going to keep doing this. So I appreciate you all. Sean, I appreciate you kind of sitting in this dark room with me. Thanks, man. I appreciate you. Yeah. I love just hearing you talk. Oh, man. (laughs) Clearly, I do too. (laughs) It's been great, guys. This is Firestarters. I'm Romney. This is Sean. 
and we're out. We'll see you next time. Cheers. That's it for this week's Firestarter podcast. Thank you for spending time with us. We'll be back with a new episode soon. Until then, I'm Romney Navarro. Always keep the flame in your heart, and I'll see you at the top.